This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The founder of this company, 10 years ago, was trying to sell his house. He's, you know, he's kind of an important guy. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us, how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company and it went into business, I think, three years ago. Their deal is their word is their bond. And they are people that listen to this show. They are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. Real estate agents, I trust.com. End of the political world as we know it. Cats sleeping with dogs. Republicans marrying Democrats. Who knows what's next? Well, we do. Excelsior. Welcome back, best and brightest. I am Jay Severin. We are together, the Blaze Radio Network. one 888 let us get right to this right away so I don't lose any opportunity to brag about it. I've already tweeted it in the following form. Were you advising Hillary Clinton and knowing that Donald Trump's only opportunity, remote opportunity, to turn this perhaps ultimately successful campaign, but the worst managed, least unified national convention ever? It's a mess. Of course, I didn't. That's that's about seven tweets. So I didn't say all those things. But no, knowing that Trump's speech tonight is make or break for the whole shebang, and that he's counting on undivided attention of national news coverage for his big speech and what he says in the speech, all of that, right? Post speech analysis, the headlines tomorrow morning, yada yada yada. This is probably the most important news cycle of the Trump candidacy. Knowing that, fellow media mavens, if you were Hillary Clinton's campaign, when would you pick and announce your vice presidential selection? Exactly. So, I, as far as I'm concerned, the box up on your TV with the countdown clock ought to be minutes until... It's the perfect time for Hillary Clinton to announce her VP pick, to leak it, so that that story steps all over Donald Trump's speech and the post-speech analysis. If you want to wreck Donald Trump with everything you've got, and when I was in campaigns, that's what they meant. That's what a campaign was. There's no question Hillary Clinton, and she, she may not do it tonight, which I think would be dumb. But they, they may wait and do it tomorrow, which, uh, you know, a good argument could be made that, okay, the, the, the physics of this are so strong for Trump coverage tonight 
that we can't step on it and it could backfire. <clears throat> Maybe our pick gets lost. So we wait, let Trump have until tomorrow morning. And then bang, we break it. Of course, you're breaking it on one of the Death Valley summer weekend Fridays of all time. So there's, let's just bear it in mind though, shall we? Well, the Republican National Convention, who knows what's next? If anyone does, we do. Because we knew yesterday what was going to happen next. The best example of which was we predicted verbatim. It's our favorite word for this week. We predicted verbatim and with utter accuracy that Ted Cruz's choice last night was binary. A or B. A. Be loyal. And maybe at the cost of diminishing your chances of being president, because if you're loyal and you embrace and endorse Trump, you help him win. If you help him win, you may put off by four or eight years your chance to think about being president. So that's choice A. If you want to be president, not the most appetizing choice in the world. Binary choice. B, B, be loyal. As we said, uh, that's A. B is to be disloyal by not embracing and endorsing Donald Trump. Thus, diminishing your stock for 2020. And as we said yesterday, verbatim, the chance of being booed off the stage. As we said here 22 hours ago, the question is, what would it mean to Ted Cruz and what would he get for it in return if he pays for it at the cost of being booed off the stage? And last night, as you know, he was booed off the stage. And I'd say his decision has what you'd call mixed reviews. (laughs) Mixed reviews. Some people want to hang him. Other people want to, on the other hand, there are others who want to drown him first, then hang him. So mixed reviews. By the way, here's one. Roll Call Magazine. Quote, Ted Cruz buries the hatchet in Trump's back. End quote. Here's another. New York Peterman, very good, calling Dr. Freud, calling Dr. Freud. New York Congressman Peter King, quote, this was in a live interview from the floor, quote, Ted Cruz tonight showed himself to be, we who work with him in Washington know him to be, a fraud and a liar, and he has just disqualified himself from any future consideration for president. End quote. Question number one today, best and brightest, has he? Ted Cruz had a binary choice. He made it. He chose B. B disloyal. And he was booed off the stage. Yet, yet, today, and there are a couple of dimensions to this, pro and con, 
from Cruz's standpoint and Trump's and it ultimately ours. And yet <clears throat> the opening of Fox and CNN every hour so far today has been about Ted Cruz. It's been about the talk about whether Ted Cruz has helped or hurt himself running for president in 2020. This is the final day of the Republican National Convention, the evening on which Donald Trump formally accepts the unbelievable, his nomination of the Republican Party, his victory. And again, on every day of this convention, the media has been talking. The story, well, I mean, I'm not going to blame the media. The, the story has been, the story that the media must cover is what's actually happening. And what's actually happening is something else. They have stepped on their own wedding tackle. Trump has stepped on his own schwans every day of this convention so far. He has allowed, permitted, and or furnished the media with stories other than him or other than his message of the day, you know, to get through. Today, the lead stories, just to pick, I mean, if I could list them all, I I did yesterday, I listed a bunch yesterday. Every major media outlet in the world today covering this convention or news of the convention started with talking about Ted Cruz. Not just that Ted Cruz got booed off the stage, which is your dream video footage. If you're a news director next to a night fire at a major factory, you're talking about Nirvana. He has video footage. So you have Ted Cruz being booed off the stage at the convention. And yet you've got people still, it's five, six, seven minutes into the top of the hour in the A block. And what are people talking about? The headlines of the newspapers this morning. What are they saying? Nothing about Trump. The only place for Trump's name is that he got screwed. The Cruz screwed him. And it's funny because Trump's name is often in the newspapers juxtaposed with a screwing, but it's almost always, guess who Donald Trump is screwing? And it's somebody else's name. Today, Donald Trump is the screwy, and he's in all the headlines. And the question is, again, number one, if you're advising Ted Cruz, if you like Ted Cruz, I know many in this audience at least did, there are two questions. Question number one, from a selfish Ted Cruz perspective, did he help or hurt himself with the choice he made last? Ultimately, ultimately, I don't mean today, but in the fullness of time, did Ted Cruz help or hurt himself with the choice he made last night? Question number two, is your opinion your estimation of Ted Cruz different this morning, today, than it was 24 hours ago. Right back. This is Jay Severin, Severin. on the Blaze Radio Network. Jay 
Welcome back, best and brightest. Are these the best and worst of times? Yes. Answer. Yes to both. And that means the best opportunities for us to do what we do together. one 888 Twitter, at J-A-Y, little underscore doohickey, at J-A-Y, underscore sign, S-E-V-E-R-I-N. All tweets are read. Many are immediately answered. Some, the most excellent or provocative, are uh, all of those things, including read aloud on the air. Charles Krauthammer called Ted Cruz's speech last night the longest suicide note I've ever read. (laughs) Now, I... I don't, it doesn't matter on whose side you are here or whether you think Cruz helped or hurt himself or helped or hurt Trump or helped or hurt us or the Republican Party or whom he helped or hurt. That is funny. I don't care who you are. That's funny. The longest suicide note I've ever read. That is funny stuff, whichever side you're on. By the way, from the early tweets, I've read the first 50 since the top of the show. And almost without exception, you believe that Ted Cruz did the right thing. Chris Bailey says uh, Ted helped himself because he maintained his honesty and principles, period. And says Cruz proved himself to be the man I've always believed him to be. I can't wait to vote for him in 2020. Amber Hetty had a particularly fabulous, uh, well-articulated message. Uh, she even enumerated, one, helped a man of conviction and principle. Two, definitely took resolve to be booed and continue. Much respect. Good tweets, all of them seem to favor what Cruz did. So far, Craig from... The Commonwealth. Jay, good to talk to you again. My pleasure, sir. The uh, I got to tell you, uh, the tweeters, in my opinion, have it wholly wrong. He he, he has just committed suicide. Um, not only did he get booed by the same Democrats, sorry, the same delegates that he's hoping in four <laughs> years are going to turn Floyd. around and vote for him. Yeah. They're going to have to somehow decide we booed him last time, but now we're going to cheer for him. But he seems to not recognize that his success is tied to Donald Trump's success in that they're both considered outsiders of the, of the establishment, of the Rince Cubis and the Paul Ryans. If Donald Trump's presidency goes down in flames, whether he loses or whether he becomes president, if, and has a, a bad term, if, if Donald Trump's presidency doesn't work out, those two people, Paul Ryan and, and Priebus, are going to stand up and say, see, we can't put Ted Cruz up. Look what happened when we tried an outsider. So I'm not saying Ted Cruz should get up and sing the praises of somebody who, who said he has an ugly wife, but he should have sat his butt down in the seat because his fate, in my opinion, is tied to Donald Trump's success. 
Let me respond two ways, and uh, n- neither of them is my opinion. Uh, uh, element number one is that Cruz, there's a later story on this for anyone who doesn't know it. There, there's, a, there's later Cruz testimony, more recent Cruz testimony than his speech last night. And it was his uh, address this morning to the Texas uh, delegation. He had a date to speak at the breakfast meeting of the Texas delegation, which he, Ted Cruz, did. And there is now video of it running and uh, on the news. And so the most recent Cruz testimony is, number one, I didn't do any, for anyone who is interested, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't break my pledge, you know, the pledge. I didn't break the pledge. Donald Trump broke the pledge. The pledge was abrogated when Trump smeared my wife and my father, saying my father had, like, helped assassinate JFK. He also said in connection with that, I am, and this is a, a almost verbatim quote, he was as hot as I've ever seen him when he said this. He said, you, you who know me best really didn't expect me, did you, to go up on that stage and behave like a servile puppy. Those, those are the exact words. A servile puppy to, to the man who smeared my wife and my father. I'm not in the habit of supporting people who do that. Okay, that's element number one, Craig. Element number two that is being covered, and this again is certainly hurtful to the convention and Trump, and thus one could argue Trump's chances, but again... These two dimensions are devoid of my opinion. I'm just reporting to you. I'm just curating here for you. Element number two is that the lead story that has been discussed at the top of every hour in American media, even now when we went to air, is uh, that Republican circles are already talking about Trump in the past tense. They are already that that the, the scuttlebutt on the ship is not about whether Trump will still win or by how much or what good the convention is doing. That the scuttlebutt in the prime Republican circles is, well, when Trump loses, and those are the words that Carl Cameron on Fox used to quote a Republican leader. He said a Republican leader, a former candidate for for this office this year. One of the primary people that Trump beat said to Carl Cameron of Fox, when Trump loses, the voters will blame Trump. When Hillary wins, the Republican voters will blame Trump. And that will be the rationale. And, Craig, I'm going to run to right to the edge of this satellite break. So I'll thank you for calling, invite you to come back soon, and thank you for uh, your commentary and your provocative questions, as as ever. Uh, that when Trump loses, says this prominent Republican, a former candidate this year, when Trump loses, Republicans will blame Trump, and that will give any of us who intend to run the rationale for running, and simultaneously, it is going to provide the roadblock, the barricade to Cruz of trying to do what this is all about. So what this prominent Republican has reportedly said is, we believe 
prominent circles within the Republican Party now believe Trump will certainly lose. Again, I'm not giving you editorial here. I'm just curating. So they believe Trump will lose, and they believe the voters will blame Trump, and they believe that everything Cruz is doing this for will be for naught. Jay Seven on the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. With my partners, you, 1-888-900-3393. I am Jay Severin. Charles Krauthammer called Ted Cruz's speech last night the longest suicide note I've ever read. The best and brightest, please listen carefully, the best and brightest who tweet, more precisely, the best and brightest who have tweeted so far today are virtually monolithic in their opinion that they approve of what Ted Cruz did. A quick slice from some of those exceptional tweets. Calendula says, Cruz cult is now a death cult. All right, clearly Calendula is not illustrative of, uh, of most opinions so far, but it's a, it's a great uh, treat. Snake Flag says, which I'm going to pair with Stacy's in a second. Snake Flag says, Ted's invitation to speak, that is to say, Trump's invitation to Ted Cruz to speak, was a setup. Trump knew he wasn't going to endorse him, but had the New York delegation and others ready to boo him at the end. Snake Flag, I wonder, is that really worth it? If if, If you're right... And Trump's motive was, well, Cruz thinks he's going to get me, but I'm really going to get him get him back. I'm going to allow him to go up there, and I know he's going to be booed if he fails to endorse me. Is, isn't there more damage done by the coverage today that the Republican convention continues to be a total goat blank and... There are people that Trump, the party, the campaign is riddled with haters, saboteurs, never Trumpers, and God knows who and what else. I mean, that's a, it's a question. Now, in a way, I will pair your message, though they are quite different, with Stacey Rippies. And I almost didn't say her last name, because I hope she doesn't mind, because I just think of her as Stace, and I, I figured you did too. Stacey says... <clears throat> Do you think Trump realizes he needs to address this? All right, Stace, you betray with your question that you think he does, right? Okay, I think he has. I mean, I sort of half agree with Snake Flag. The oddest thing about this, or maybe not, is that we're told that Trump knew. We're told that Trump claims that he knew the Cruz would not endorse him and still gave him a primetime speaking slot. Do 
Are we sure we believe that? Let me offer you uh, the Guru Jay of the day, conspiracy theory, which have turned out to be more uh, theorems than theories. I mean, there is no conspiracy so conspiratorial that it isn't true when it involves the Trump campaign. Let me offer you one. Trump didn't know. Nobody knew. The Trump camp, again, theory, theory, theory underneath here. The Trump campaign is, i.e., continues to be so wildly incompetent that the most surprised person in the world at that podium last night, well, the most surprised person that he was at the podium was Ted Cruz. Because I assume he did submit, but maybe he even didn't submit. My point is, my conspiratorial theory of the day is, knowing how incompetent the Trump campaign has been so far, and I will use the inability to manage his wife's five-minute speech without creating a three-day plagiarism story. A campaign that's that incompetent is incompetent enough to mismanage a speaker's appearance. Is it possible that Trump didn't know that Cruz was going to screw him, and then after he got screwed and finished screaming at all the usual suspects, he said, all right, all right, as usual, what do we do to minimize the damage? Which looks worse, that we are still riddled with saboteurs, never-Trumpers, opponents, spies, etc.? Which looks worse, that we knew and we let him do it anyway and we put on a, a Cheshire Cat grin, or we, or we say, oh, we, we didn't know. We didn't know. I think under the circumstance, two things are plausible. Number one, the, the nature and magnitude of the incompetence of this campaign is such that it is plausible that Trump did not know before Cruz screwed him that Cruz was going to screw him. Number two, I believe... All things considered, it is plausible that if number one occurred, number two is pretty much automatic. And number two is, well, we're not going to say he surprised us and screwed us. We're going to say we knew. But for our own ultra-clever, double-secret probation reasons, we let him do it anyway. That's how I would presume to pair the fundamental approaches of Stacy and Snake Flag. Matte, Matte, in expressing uh, a view compatible with uh, most of the B&B who are tweeting today, Matte said, like I needed another reason to like Ted Cruz. Or I'm sorry, he said, like I needed a, another reason to like Ted Cruz more. That's what you are saying. Maya, welcome back. How you doing? There could be more than one of you in Kansas, Can you hear but I me? don't think so. 
I can. Can you hear me is the nope. question. Oh, good. No, uh, great. Uh, no, sorry. My, fo- my phone is acting crazy. I apologize. Well, that'll make two of us then. Okay. Uh, well, first of all, I wanted to say, I'm sorry I wasn't able to stick around yesterday. Um, uh, That's okay. There was a, as- we, it's, uh, we, we had actually some troubles on this end too, but, but here you are. Cool. First of all, uh, uh, I believe Donald Trump did know. Because of the fact that before uh, Ted Cruz came up to the stage, uh, Fox News had reported that they had each received a copy of Cruz's speech, and they all said the same thing, that he was not uh, endorsing Donald Trump. And okay. that happened before he walked up on the stage. Uh, well, that's two, compelling evidence. Yeah. And two, Newt was, uh, had uh, said after he did his little speech, if you noticed, he used all of Ted Cruz's information in order to turn the boat around, basically. Um, he had talked with Right, but that was ad-libbed. Newt, Newt's defense when he said, uh, I just want to reiterate, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or he said, I want to, in, in, in rephrasing or reiterating or quoting Ted Cruz, vote with your conscience for the person who will uphold the Constitution. And in this election, mm-hmm. there is only one side that will do that. Right. You know, Trump right. and Pence. But that was ad-libbed. He I, said, I mean, though. He's such he, a brilliant he, oh, speaker I hope and, I'm not... and entertainer. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Sorry. I hope, he, I, I hope it was. I'm sorry. I know it, I'm stepping on you. I don't mean to. But, yeah. No, but he I know Newt you had told, Yeah. Newt had told the guy on Fox News that he read it off the teleprompter. Uh, See, so there's a lot of craziness going on here. Either everybody has learned how everyone has either learned how to play this deception game or uh, or it's just totally crazy. Bottom line is what we've learned is that some people have learned it better than others. (laughs) Amen to that, bro. Okay. Uh, (laughs) the main thing is, this, though, I don't I don't think that Ted Cruz used common sense. Because if he had intended on, uh, if his intention was not to endorse uh, 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 Trump, he could have done it in a much better way. It could have been pointed differently. When Reagan did that with Ford, and I think people need to start checking history, because when Reagan sat there and gave it over to Ford, it was done with class. It was done with style. Reagan came up. Shook Ford's hand, except you, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, no, it was 1976, and it was brilliant, and it was brilliant mostly in its graciousness. Most people did not appreciate the sub-game, you know, that was going on, Absolutely. but America saw Ronald Reagan, got to hear him speak, and as Rush said today, a lot of people started to think mm-hmm. on their own, not because Reagan said anything nasty or turned on Ford, just because... Mm-hmm. Just because Reagan was Reagan, a lot of people were hearing him and saying, wow, this guy's terrific. Maybe we did pick the wrong guy. But he let he drew them to that well and let them drink. He didn't say it. And you're right, as we suggested here yesterday, you could still, you wouldn't inoculate yourself from all media speculation. They still would have had a ball with this, but it would have been 5%, Mia, of what it was today if Cruz had gone up there and said, mm-hmm. just hammered Hillary Clinton, just hammered the Democrats, just hammered the left, and then Absolutely. hammered Hillary some more and saying mm-hmm. nobody and said nobody 
who believes in this country and our cops and our soldiers and our principals, nobody can vote. No one who believes in the Constitution can vote for Hillary Clinton and then hammered Mm -hmm. Hillary some more. And if the headline of that speech had been, you know, just Hillary hammered, you know, Cruz hammers Hillary all the way through, but fails to endorse uh, uh, Trump, the the media Mm -hmm. still would have, you know, gone there. But again, they would have had only 5% the wind in their uh, attack sales. sales. Yes, Yes, to be able to do that. And and. What would have happened for Ted Cruz? Well, Ted, he, he wouldn't have gotten probably, booed off. The, he wouldn't have gotten booed one. off the state. Mia, I'm sorry. I have to thank you for the call because we really are breaking up and we're stepping on each other. But call again soon, dear. Let me just finish uh, and thank Mia and finish by saying uh, this was look, l- let's take this for what it was. This was Ted Cruz's godfather moment. This is when he was taking care of the other head of the New York family. He said so. Cruz said this morning at the breakfast of the Texas delegation, essentially, this was payback, Donald, for what you did to my wife and what you did to my father. And that may make Ted Cruz abundantly satisfied this morning. But as Mia suggests, and as we discussed yesterday, Ted Cruz could have made it abundantly clear that he was failing to endorse the nominee, but he could have done it in a way that fired up the crowd like Ronald Reagan did and made them think, wow, this guy Cruz, you know, we didn't choose him, but he's terrific. And if he had spent, you know, 13 minutes hammering Hillary and still not endorsing Trump, he wouldn't have gotten booed off the stage. He would have gotten virtually everything he wanted at virtually no cost, except he wouldn't have gotten the personal satisfaction. Okay, he got the personal satisfaction, but at what cost? Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Network. Welcome back, Preston Brightest. Mario Lemusio says, may be for the first time liberals heard a speech heralding the Constitution and equal rights for all from a Republican politician. Rock A said, I don't believe for one minute that a man with an autographic memory read this off a teleprompter. Stinky, Stinky Biscuit, I love that handle, says, so it's either, one, incompetence, two, pre-planned setup, three, or betrayal by staff, apply to any possible future job. Particularly well-presented opinion by Stinky. Mine, I have two. I have a professional opinion and a personal opinion. My professional opinion is, though I am unsure about this, and I'm influenced by your tweets a lot today, I am surprised 
by the percentage of your tweets that support Cruz. And I would put that at over 99% right now. I've read the first 100, 150. There are maybe one or two that, uh, okay, that, that uh, aren't with Cruz. So I'm a little unsure of this, but in my professional opinion, I think that maybe what Cruz got, which was the personal satisfaction of his godfather moment of going up there and B-slapping Trump, all of this coverage about him dissing Trump, yes, is exactly what Cruz was after. He got exactly what he bargained for. But in my professional opinion, and this remains to be determined, but my guess, my professional guess is that he paid too much for it, that he paid very dearly for it. But who knows? If your opinions are reflective of American public opinion, we'll know in a day or two, then maybe he bought it at a bargain basement price. Maybe he bought his satisfaction at a discount. In my personal opinion, I think Ted Cruz did something which I hope is unworthy of him. I think he broke his word. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Best and brightest. It's called the make or break moment. Trump's speech tonight to a nationwide, worldwide audience. It's true, but is it also true that it's make or break, or is it too late? Was the make or break moment of this convention, this week, this campaign, this election, what Ted Cruz said, or failed to, last night? Question mark. Excelsior. Welcome back, best and brightest. I am Jay Severin. Together we are the Blaze Radio Network. one 888 Lots of calls from partners today. one 888 But as they say on sports talk radio at 3 o'clock in the morning, look, it would appear we have one line open. And what that means is, of course, they have 82 lines open. Uh, we don't have 82 lines open because we don't have 82 lines. But even though you are calling, and I love that, we still have lines. We always have lines open. One triple eight, even on this show, one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. Tweets outstanding today. One of the top three days ever. Tweets are all read. Many responded to. And the most excellent read on air. At J-A-Y underscore S-E-V-E-R-I-N. At J-A-Y and then little underscore thingy. And then S-E-V-E-R-I-N. May I proffer the following uh, observations very quickly? 
William F. Buckley, the godfather of soul, as we all know. No, actually, the godfather of modern conservatism, which uh, truly he was. Um, My hero, one of the most influential uh, men in my life, in terms of my thinking, and one of my top five heroes, the number one being my father. But beyond that, William F. Buckley probably has to be second. William F. Buckley was the originator of the simplistically brilliant, or I should say, I should say, uh, I, I, I should say, misleadingly and apparently simple, but brilliant, quote, I will always vote for the most conservative candidate who can win, end quote. Again, quote, I will always vote for the most conservative candidate who can win. William F. Buckley is spinning in his grave. And one of the reasons he is spinning in his grave is that so many of us, but mostly you, because I've, I've faulted Ted Cruz, as moments ago I commented on. So many of you, 99-plus percent of you, of this audience, of the best and brightest, are on Ted Cruz's side, so to speak, in this matter. And so I want to make sure that I acknowledge you, not simply by reading your tweets, but also by bringing up the essential points that uh, Ted Cruz made. And I think that the quintessential point that Ted Cruz made was this one. He said it this morning at the breakfast for the Texas delegation where he really cleared up everything. I mean, you know, what he said this morning at that breakfast meeting explained why he said what he said and what he didn't say last night, fully, fully. And you'll see that. If you haven't seen it, you'll see that. That's on video and audio, and it's playing now. But I think the quintessential point that Ted Cruz has made, including his speech last night, but because of it, obviously, is this. What does it say? No, he didn't say this. I'm sorry. He said, since when does someone say at a Republican convention, vote your conscience based on the candidate who will most best support the Constitution of the United States? When is that regarded in Republican company as a destructive or critical statement? That's another... Can you hold on one second? I smell gas. Do you? Okay, thank you. Now we're cooking with gas. All right, we're back. And it's a, a brilliant and essential question. And it is essentially why William F. Buckley is spinning today in his grave. 
when a Republican candidate, when any Republican, when any American, when any American, I don't care if they've never voted, if they never vote, if any American says to any other American, I vote with my conscience. How do I vote? Number one, I vote with my conscience. And number two, my conscience directs me to vote for that candidate who will best support the Constitution of the United States. If you regard that, sorry, withdraw, rephrase, anyone who regards that declaration as controversial in any way is Hillary Clinton. Anybody who regards the declaration, I will vote for the candidate, I'll vote with my conscience, wow, that's really controversial, and my conscience directs me such that I will vote for the candidate that best supports the Constitution of the United States of America. Anybody who regards that as a controversial statement, let alone an incorrect one, is un-American. Is un-American. No, wait, did I say un-American? I didn't mean it. I mean anti-American. If you regard voting with your conscience as directed by the candidate who best supports the Constitution of the United States as a controversial statement in any respect, you are not un-American. You are anti-American. You ought not be in America either, just for safety's sake. Now, Cruz said it, and I'll say the same thing in my own form. What does it say about a party? In this case, the Republican Party. What does it say about the Republican Party at any given moment in history when an admonition to vote your conscience as guided by who best supports the Constitution of the United States, when that admonition is regarded as disloyal or destructive or controversial, when you get booed off the stage at a Republican convention because you say, I'm, because you quote William F. Buckley, I'm going to vote for the candidate who's conservative who can win, the most conservative candidate who can win, when you stand up and say, I'm going to vote for the candidate who supports the Constitution, best supports the Constitution of the United States, if you are, if there's one person in that hall that boos, they ought to be dragged away by their heels and hung from them. Well, what does it say about a Republican Party in which that is a controversial statement? I will tell you this. I don't know if I have the answer, But I do have this indictment. This is a fair question. This is a necessary question. For everybody who regards themselves as even vaguely Republican, or if you're in the process, as many of us are or soon will be, trying to figure out what the hell we call ourselves, I will tell you, if you have a problem in any respect, if you have one molecule problem, with supporting your conscience as directed by support for the Constitution of the United States, 
I don't know what you are, but I could tell you what you're not. American. Jay Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. With my partners, that's you. Uh, gee, there are some big things here. Uh, and I, let me just quickly, Rocky's on the phone, so we're going to Rocky. And uh, Rocky may or may not want to comment on this in uh, the precious moments we have. But it has now been confirmed by several media sources that Fox News chief Roger Ailes, uh, a, a friend of mine for not a, not a good friend, not a f- friend like he is to Rush, but someone I've known uh, for and admired for 25 years uh, has left uh, the, the, the fledgling cable network that he founded and ran and built from a, a, a cable network that had to pay networks to carry them. I mean, Fox existed, but it wasn't a network. It was a product. They had to get people to put them on the air. For the first year, year and a half, whatever it was, they had to pay cable systems. Fox had to pay them to carry Fox News Channel. And now it's worth a zillion dollars. Uh, It's a platform, obviously, one of the most valuable in the world, worth many, many, many billions of dollars. Uh, which Roger Ailes, Ailes built, and now based on uh, sexual harassment allegations and a lawsuit stemming therefrom, it is being reported by CNN, Drudge, uh, Daily Mail, UK, and others that Roger Ailes has in fact left Fox News. This is a huge, huge matter in the business uh, of politics and media and life. Rocky. And, yeah, I I don't know what to say about uh, Ailes. I uh, I didn't well, then don't. know him or so. Yeah, I was uh, really more want to speak about Ted and yeah, do uh, how about that? What that that was to me incredible, and I believe that he spoke from his heart and. I didn't hear him say anything. You kind of were mentioning this in the last segment. You know, vote your conscience is not... I mean, really, can somebody tell me one bad thing that he said about Trump? Well, wait, but before you jump, don't, 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 don't... I could say something here, but I just... I would lose all my female audience, so just be a man. I'll say the reverse of it. Be a man. Listen to me for a second. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Don't jump around like a like a gnat on crack on me now. Uh, gotcha. Your point about what could be wrong with vote your conscience. Someone just yeah. emailed me this, and they're right. Or I'm sorry, tweeted me this. They and they said, "Come on, vote your conscience." The delegates knew what that meant, and they did. That's a dog whistle. Now that's not it's not wrong. It's also not the essence of his sentiment. So you know, no one should be get hung up on it. But it is true. You know, we have to face facts. When he said, vote your conscience, that's a dog whistle statement. 
that every delegate knew that the vote your conscience was the code words for never Trump for releasing the delegates from their first ballot bond. So when you utter the words vote your conscience, you immediately dog whistle everybody that you're telling Trump to plant a wet one on your buttocks. So that is that is true as it was a provocation. But all it was was a rhetorical flourish, Rocky. You know that. Because what followed in in that sentence was, as guided by who will best support the Constitution. If anybody has a problem with that, leave. Yeah. Well, I I agree with you. And still, I, I, I disagree with the dog whistle in that I think that uh, anybody who takes that as bad has a problem with their own confidence. I mean, I think that Trump... I know what you mean. I know what you mean, and it's it's, it's like, I ain't hitting you, I ain't hitting you. You know, when brothers and sisters lay back in the bunk bed and windmill their feet, you know, and say, hey, I I ain't touching you, I ain't touching you, I ain't looking, I ain't looking, you know. I mean, that's essentially what you're doing. There are dog whistle phrases all throughout life and politics. And, you know, one of them on the floor of that convention is when you say vote your conscience, that immediately signals that it's 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 become, owing to circumstance, an anti-Trumpian phrase. So I thought that was ill-considered. But well, again, the essence of the message, well, I think we agree on. Well, let's leave that one lie. I, I, I think right. that a person who has who's fragile in their ego, both their conscience is a lot more angry sounding than to somebody who's confident such as Ted right in substance in substance technically there's nothing wrong with it I'd like to quote you know the uh, slogan for the blaze the truth has no agenda and that's what Ted Cruz spoke yesterday he wasn't slamming Donald Trump he just didn't endorse him after all the things that Trump did and I respectfully disagree that he broke his contract or broke his word. Uh, the one that broke his word first was the one who took off the gloves and started bringing family members in and uh, breaking it down into a dirty match, calling Lion's Head. And All right, let me dead. respond. I love you so you know my, disrespect, my, my disagreement right. is respectful, right? Yes, right back at you. Right. Jay. You know that. I love uh, you too. All right. We we can all disagree. Right. I love to disagree too. All right. So you let me respond very do. briefly. Let me respond very briefly by and thank thank you for that. Let me say very, say yeah. very briefly that um that 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 if it was true that Ted Cruz is going to take that seriously, the notion of the pledge. And if he dates the abrogation of the pledge back to the date when Trump smeared his wife and his father, which Trump did, two responses to that from a professional political operative, me, is number one, that is hardball, and there is no other kind of politics. If you regard that as somehow outside the realm of any kind of reasonableness, you can make that argument, but the counter argument's stronger, which is grow the F up and shut the okay. F up and either get into national sure. politics or don't, but that stuff's going to happen. And the second thing is, by the standard, Rocky, I know you would hold, if it were you and me, or for you and me arguing in a bar with two other fellas, 
the sure. principle that if 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 Ted holds so solemnly the notion of the pledge that he can date it back to that date and say that uh, Trump broke it, then my response to Ted is that, you know what? You owed it at that moment. If you're going to claim that kind of solemnity as to the pledge, that's okay. But you have to go all the way then. If you date it back to a certain date with a certain reason, you owed it to us within the next few hours or days to stand up and say, you know what? I now regard myself as freed from any pledge to Donald Trump. I now regard you need you owe it to us if you want that kind of respect for the solemnity in which you hold the pledge, then Rocky, this is what something that you would do being the kind of man you are. You would you would pick up the phone and say, "I want you to know the pledge no longer holds because you broke it." And then you'd hold a press conference and you'd tell America that that's true. So that we, you wouldn't do it by stealth. You wouldn't wait and announce to the world for the first time on the stage last night that you regarded it as broken. All right, Rocky, we have to break. Please hold. Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. Guess what we're discussing? Rock A was kind enough to hold, and Rock A, the floor is yours. Hey man, I love you, brother. Love hey, you back. Um, Ted Ted also said, "Don't stay home," and I think that that was really aimed at people like most of my friends on Twitter, and really most of the friends that I debate with and stuff. They are never Trumpers. I mean, there is a lot of animosity. And, uh, you know, I'll be the first one to say, I will vote for Donald Trump. That doesn't mean I respect the man, care for the man. Right. I actually detest him. I detest him. <laughs> but it, it, but wait, person... wait. Tell It's me, Rocky. Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> I really do. I really do. I mean... I don't like to use the H word, the H four letter word, you know, but right. I detest the man. And, you know, <laughs> it comes down to this. We got this binary decision. You know, we're going to, we're going to have to eat a shite sandwich no matter which way it goes. So, you know, here's my best argument in one sentence. I will vote for the most impeachable candidate this year. <laughs> That's you know, Hillary is Teflon. <laughs> She's proven it. She's gotten away with murder. She's gotten yep. away with treason. She has uh, made herself rich off of selling things to our enemies. We've got to defeat Hillary. There's no doubt about it. So my point well, is... Well, before though, there was a never-Trump movement, there was a Guru J never-Hillary movement. So I'm... Yeah. You know I'm with you. And that one's priority over the never Trump. You know, we're going to have a bad deal no matter what. But you know, yeah, it's going to be goat or horse. It's going to be a goat. What's 
Hi. Good afternoon, sir. Uh, can I bring you uh, some water? And will it be our goat poop special club sandwich or our host horse poop special uh, sandwich? <laughs> and your penguin server will be with you shortly. <laughs> That's right. I don't know. I just hey, you know, another, I want to mention this while you're on, on the line. I said that Bill Buckley was spinning in his grave for a number of reasons. I just want to underscore in case anyone's joining us late. When a Republican is booed for saying, I'm going to vote for the candidate who best supports the Constitution of the United States, when that sentiment is unwelcome or in any way controversial at a Republican event, it's not a Republican event. It can call itself Republican, but it ain't it ain't Republican in any respect. I mean, that's like saying, you know, well, welcome to Temple Beth Al Shalom. Today's special, the BLT with extra bacon, you know, and ham on the side. I mean, you, you know, you, you call yourself a temple, but, you know, there's a problem. And, and, and the, the Republicans have a problem. But another reason that is gone almost totally, has gone almost totally unreported. But if you heard it, I, I know it must have caught in your throat and in your mind. That last night, Heidi Cruz was set upon, and I know I'm fl- flipping back and forth, you know, folks. I don't mean to, you know, I really don't have a side in a sense. So, I mean, I'm just observing what I see here. I mean, uh, so if you're saying, Jay, Jesus, you know, are you, you for Cruz or not? And the answer is, I don't know. But if you, I don't know if you know this, Heidi Cruz was set upon so viciously by uh, delegates on the floor of the convention that she had to be escorted out by Secret Service for, uh, as I'm quoting now, the Secret Service. Uh, we, we escorted Mrs. Cruz from the floor for, from the convention hall for her own safety, end quote. You That's shameful. Again, it is. You, you, and you make my point again, I think, in that I, these, these Trumpsters, this Trump train, a lot of them are just totally arrogant, just like Donald Trump himself. I mean, birds of a feather flock together. They, I'm going to vote for the man, but I don't have to like him, you know. Um, yeah, and, no, I, I get it. Know, I think I get it. I think Trump broke, Trump broke the contract, the pact that they all agreed to in the beginning, when he lowered his campaign to the level that he was being so dishonest that. He would lie about anybody. I mean, you go through all the candidates. It wasn't just well. Players. You know, we let's let's not cover. Let's not cover already scorched earth. You and I know we disagree sure. on that. I, I you yeah. know, I think no, I think you. That. If you're going to claim that, if you're going to claim yeah. that kind of technical, it. you know, then I I think you need to say yeah. so at the moment, uh, not not do it in an appeal. You know, eight eight, eight, eight months later. Um, I'm sorry. But no, 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 no. I, I just oh. you know I just. Oh, I, and by but, the way, what I just did, that would go a long way for Donald Trump. Where's his public apology to Ted Cruz? Well, again, see part A of my original response. Politics is for your big boy pants. And if if you don't have big boy pants, uh, to mix uh, metaphors, stay on the porch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
No, it's all it's uh, all very it's all very troubling in a lot of ways. And the thing that just astounds me is well, there's so many things that astound me. But let me again not be guilty of my own admonition and mention something that has not yet been mentioned. And then I have to thank you and jump after waiting for your reply. Yeah. Did you did you know what New York Times front page story Trump? Other than the convention coverage, the story, the the furor, the international furor that Trump caused overnight uh, with his comments, which are today the the lead story in the on page one of the New York Times. No, I don't. He said, "Well, the headline is Trump questions commitment to NATO," and asked whether if Russia were to invade, say, Estonia or an Eastern Bloc NATO member, should the United States adhere to its uh, current commitments, pledge, treaties, etc., as the principal member of NATO and, and join NATO in its response against the invasion of a NATO member. To attack one is to attack all, which is what the Charter says. Donald right. Trump said... Well, not necessarily. We'd have to check and see, are they current on their obligations and everything else? And can you imagine Vladimir Putin getting his translated copy this morning of the New York Times, page one, and the prospective president of the United States says, if you invade Eastern Bloc NATO member, we're going to check your, do you have any library books out late? Do you have any videotapes, you know, any late fees? Have you ever heard the analogy that when the only tool you have is a hammer, every problem <laughs> everything's is a nail? nail. <laughs> yes. Well, that's that's Donald Trump. Everything's negotiable. Everything's a deal. There is no there is no sacred anything. I mean, yeah. Tell, Which he, means he his mother for a you know a, a piece of land for a casino. Right. Right. That's right. And it's, if today, and if today you're Polish, today for the residents of Warsaw who took their morning coffee with the translated version of the New York Times, there was a line at the bathroom. I'll tell you, Rocky. I thank you. I love you. Gotta go. Call back. This is you know the drill. Jay Febron on the Blaze Radio Network. Show. Partners, uh, Calendula just tweeted to say, you know, uh, glad I got mentioned uh, today uh, on the show, you know, uh, thanks. And I just wanted to, to tell Calendula, don't, don't, don't thank me. Uh, I, I think I'm, I think I'm a nice person. Uh, of course, that's a big club. I don't mean thinking that I'm a nice person. I mean, one, one's thinking that one is a nice person, but I'm not nice when it comes to show content. You're if you're on, you're on because you're good. It's because you're very good, because you're the best and brightest. And someone complained to me last week that we have uh, callers 
who appear too frequently. Well, number one, you want to cut that short? There's a solution to that. You call. Done. Problem solved. I love solving problems. Shut up and call. And then don't shut up. You know what I mean? Or shut up. No, you call. My other response to it is, if you don't like that line of, uh, of argument, the people who are on are on frequently because they're good. You know, Brian and Craig and Matt and Rock A, people are on because they're good. You go on Twitter and you see uh, Rants and Abs and Mate and Rocky and Calendula and uh, Caleb and uh, these people are not on because I like them. I may like them, but they're not on because I'm kind. Uh, When it comes to show content, I'm not at all kind. I'm uh, an absolute bastard and a Darwinist. If you're on, it's because you're good. Uh, I just want to, we may or may not revisit this, but I I want as we go into this speech tonight, bear in mind that I, I know that it would be maybe incredibly stupid which is why it'll happen for Trump to mention Cruz tonight or to make any reference or even vague allusion to this spat. But it's going to be the 900-pound elephant in the corner of the room that no one talks about. Because if the Republican Party is going to exist, and I don't think it does right now, I think as of last night, I think when a guy who says vote for the people who support the Constitution gets booed off the stage at a Republican convention. And I, I, I appreciate that I'm oversimplifying it a bit, but when when you get booed and when you say Constitution, good, and you get booed at a Republican convention, that, that means you're not at a Republican convention. And so the Republican Party, if it ever again exists in some form, is going to have to face this. There's no way, like, around this. There's, there's no such thing as being a little bit pregnant. This is it. The Republican Party, such as it is, is very, very pregnant. And it's pregnant with this question. You have feelings that are dubious about the Constitution of the United States? They're going to have to face this. And this morning, Ted Cruz said it. He said it. At, you'll hear him. You'll see it. Video's out there. It'll be on tonight. Ted Cruz said to the Texas delegation, what's up with this? WTF. I say support the, support the candidates who support the Constitution, and I get booed by Republicans? Something ain't right here. Well, something ain't right here, and they're, they're going to have to face it. Now, I, I want to return to an earlier question. I'm very surprised. Well, no, I'm not. Not yet. But if Hillary Clinton does not announce her running mate in the next three hours, I will be very surprised because if she does not announce her running mate before noon tomorrow, I will be flabbergasted. Because, you see, the the problem uh, that a lot of us appreciate that we have is that we don't want Hillary to win. 
And the problem is that her campaign is competent. Her campaign is a machine. And they know, as do you, that the best way to screw with Trump is to step on his biggest story ever, his biggest news cycle ever. And that's his acceptance speech tonight. Donald Trump, the impossible occurs. Donald Trump accepts the nomination of the Republican Party for President of the United States. It happens in a couple of hours, and Hillary has the ability to pee all over that story by announcing her running mate, you know, soon as possible. As I say, there's a school of thought that says, don't do it tonight, it could backfire. The Trump story could overwhelm your running mate story or neutralize it. So wait till tomorrow morning. Let his story run until tomorrow morning, then drop the bomb. And then all weekend long, everyone will be talking about, it will be as if you threw the casket of the Republican National Convention uh, hurriedly into a shallow grave and threw dirt on it. That's the effect it will have when Clinton announces her running mate. So when ought she do that? As soon as she wants to throw the casket containing Donald Trump's body into a shallow grave and start throwing dirt on it. The moment she wants the mainstream media absolutely 100% obsessed with that story and ignoring Trump and the RNC like it happened 12 years ago. So that's why I'm waiting. As for tonight, what does Trump need to do? This is what we'll be doing tomorrow. Did he do it? It's like the debates. What does Trump need to do tonight to make the make or break moment of the entire convention? And will he? The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network.